The following message from Bible teacher and pastor Jim Crabb is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. I'm in 2 Timothy chapter 2 tonight, and uh, we're just going to go through, we're going to kind of do a, an expository study tonight. You know, there's different ways to study the Scripture. You can study it by subject, uh, or you can study it in an expository way. I think the, the greatest way, I think the believers, we need to do better uh, at learning in an expository way. That means you're, where you just go line upon line and you, put, and you talk about everything in its context and you, it, it's, it's just the most full way. There's nothing wrong with preaching out of, uh, on subject matters, but it's not the greatest way to really get a grasp on the word in my view. Uh, I think we need a combination of both with, with a heavy leaning toward expository teaching. And so, amen. That's a big word that will impress your friends if you use it, expository. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I'm in the uh, Passion Translation tonight. And uh, I love just talking about having the Passion Translation because we ought to have passion. Don't you think we should? For Jesus, we ought to have some zeal. And uh, let's begin to read here in 2 Timothy 2. Now, you know, before we read, this, of course, is the great apostle Paul. And he's writing to his son. His closest son in the faith seems to be young Timothy. And Timothy was a young pastor and leader in the body of Christ. And Paul was... You know, we use this word in our culture. He was a, he was, a, we use the word mentor, but he was deeper than a mentor to Timothy. He was his father in the faith. He was his teacher of the word of God. He was his instructor in the, in the revelation of the New Testament. Think about this. When, when Paul wrote this to young Timothy, the, the church was, was, you know, was very young. You know, the, the Apostle Paul was, lived at a time early on when the church was born. He was, he was part of that, right? Not that long after Christ has, had risen from the dead and etc. And, and so we have the, I love the, the time we're born in in that we have the, we have a scripture we can look back on. We've got, a, we've got these things put together for us. Now, in the beginning, the, the, the men like the great apostle Paul, there was only a handful of people that had the real revelation of what had happened. Isn't that right? Can you imagine that? So, the, the, the way it worked was, the, the Apostle Paul, you know, he, he was caught up in, said he, he, he said, I knew, 2 Corinthians uh, 11 or 12, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, and he, and he was taken up into heaven, whether he was in his body or not, I don't know. He was talking about himself. In other words, it was such an experience, he couldn't tell if he was still in his body or not. But he, was, he surely had 
spiritual consciousness. And he went up into heaven and it says that he heard things that are difficult to even talk about. But it's, it's because it was, it was the, what had happened to him is he got caught up in the revelation of what Christ had done. And he saw in the spirit, he saw the, the new birth, he, he saw Christ. And, and it's, it's what he wrote in his, in his epistles. He saw that we are his workmanship in Christ Jesus. Nobody knew that before. There wasn't anybody on earth that understood that. But he got it by revelation. He saw that God had torn down the middle wall between the, you know, the old man and the new man and, and the things that would keep us out of the presence of God. He saw that. He saw things like you know, the tearing of the veil in the temple. And he, he, he saw the, all the things that happened in the new birth and in the New Testament church. Amen? He saw those. And, so the, and then he took those things that he saw and he began to preach them. And when he began to preach them, other people started seeing them. And then the, the revelation that he had got on them. And then... You know, it just went on and on and on and on and on. You know, and, and different ones even before Paul. They had some piece of the revelation, but Paul was the one that really got the revelation of what happens to a man that is bound by sin and on his way to a dark, eternal hell. But Christ redeems his soul and puts his blood over him. And Christ builds a brand new man on the inside of him. Thank God for the new man that's on the inside of us tonight. And that's what Paul saw. Those are the, the things that, that Paul saw in the spirit. He saw how defeated the devil was. I think some of us could use a little bit of that revelation tonight. Amen? He, he saw those things, and he, and he preached those things, and then he wrote those things. And then he took young men like Timothy and made them a son. And he poured his life into them like a father does to his son. TJ's, TJ's son is, is about incubated here, man. He's, he's ready to get out of there. And TJ's going to be his father, and he's going to pour things about life into that son. He's, he's going to teach that son. He, he's going to teach him how to walk. He's going to teach him how to talk. He's, he's going to teach him how to live. He's going to teach him what character is. Uh, he's going to teach him uh, to have a lot of money. Amen. He's, he's, he's going to teach him to be blessed. And he, he's going to teach him the things that, uh, that you know, he, when this baby's born in a few weeks, he, he doesn't know anything. But thank God, somebody's in his life. How many know that having the right father over your life impacts your life, man? You, you know how many people have, have father issues, you know, in their life, man? And, and uh, you know, being the father can make or break that person. Everybody, Jesus can help all of us get out of that stuff. But, but man, having the right father, a good father... To teach you the right stuff is imperative. And thank God Timothy had that in the Apostle Paul. And 
So all of that, I'm just setting the stage for what we're doing here while Paul is writing to his young son, Timothy. In verse 1, he said, Timothy, my dear son, live your life empowered by God's free-flowing grace, which is your true strength found in the anointing of Jesus and your union with him. That's a mouthful right there. I just feel like speaking in tongues for a minute, man. My God. Timothy, live your life empowered by his free-flowing grace. You know, man, when we get a hold, that's, that's Paul teaching his son. Live by the grace of God. Don't live by legalism. Don't, don't live by a bunch of do's and don'ts and rules and there's way more to God than that. Live empowered by His free flowing grace. Grace, I'm telling you, grace can take you farther than anything in this world. It's God's free empowerment to people that know Him. Amen? And Paul's teaching him, live your life empowered by God's free flowing grace, which is your true strength. Found in the anointing of Jesus and your union with Him. And all that you've learned from me, confirmed by the integrity of my life. That's, that's good, isn't it? In other words, Paul was saying, uh, I may not be perfect, but he said, uh, he was saying, uh, by the integrity of my life. In other words, uh, I'm not a hypocrite. In other words, I haven't told you one thing and then lived another way. How I many know that's, a, that's what parents we have to be? You can't just tell your kids how to live. You've got to show them how to live. You can't be telling your kids, don't do this and do this and, you know, that kind of stuff. And all you've learned from me, confirmed by the integrity of my life, deposit. Now you take it. I'm teaching you. All you've learned from me. Now this... Timothy traveled around with Paul. He, he heard, you know, it's one thing to be in church and hear somebody teach a message, but it's another thing to sit around the campfire with somebody and watch how they are when they're tired and watch how they are when they're weary, etc. And all the things you've learned from me, confirmed by the integrity of my life, now you take those and deposit them into faithful leaders who are competent to teach the congregations the same revelation. So in other words, what I'm doing for you, now you got to do it, and you got to teach other people, and you got to pour into other people. I might be your father, Paul was saying to Timothy, but now, and, and, and everything I've taught you, take it and live it out and teach it. But now you, you've got to take what I've taught you and teach other people. I mean, no, we all ought to have somebody in our life that we're working, working with and, and, and being a blessing to and teaching them the will of God, the grace of God. How do you know the will of God? All these kind of things. He said to, to young Timothy, overcome every form of evil. How many? Every form. Overcome it. I'm glad his dad, his spiritual father, set the bar high. In other words, don't give yourself any slack. 
overcome everything, every form of evil. However that evil manifests, it tries to tempt you and draw you away, overcome it. I don't, care, I don't care if it's in your family line, overcome it. I don't care if it's a generational thing, overcome it. Overcome lust, overcome sin, overcome weakness, overcome failure, overcome everything that's in a, an evil form that would try to destroy your life. Overcome every form of evil as a victorious soldier of Jesus, the anointed one. Hallelujah. Man, we, we need to overcome evil because we are soldiers in the army of Almighty God and He overcame everything. He already did. He is, as Taylor was singing tonight, He is the champion. Yes, He is. Overcome every form of evil as a victorious soldier. We're not just soldiers. Huh? We're, we're victorious soldiers. That's the mark of the church. The church is not a bunch of losers. The church is a bunch of winners. The church is overcomers. The church, that's the, that's the thing about the church, man. We, we come to the, to the house of God and we get empowered. I, I do. I get empowered through worship. I get empowered through the Word. I get empowered by fellowshipping with the saints. Empowered to lead a more victorious life. God is pleased. You know, the Bible says in the book of Revelation that everyone that overcomes will have a right to the tree of life. Overcomers. But those that are, that are just weak and won't use the strength that comes from Jesus, the anointed one. You, there, you, there's, you're on shaky ground. Amen? Say out loud, I'm an overcomer. That's, that's the nature of our spiritual father, God. He's an overcomer, and he taught us to overcome. You can win everything. Huh? For every soldier, verse 4, Every soldier called to active duty. Let me just announce, we are all called to active duty. You, listen, you have been more than drafted. You, you have been called to active duty. You are, in, you are on, on your post, right? Every soldier that's called to active duty, say that means me. Active dude, look at the person next to you and say you're an active soldier. You're, you're, you're on active duty. Every soldier that's called to active duty, look at this now, must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. My, my, my. That is powerful. We must, every soldier called to active service must, active duty, must divorce himself. Somebody said, I don't believe in divorce. Well, in this way, we believe in divorce. We must, because I want to be, be an active duty soldier that does doing what Paul is teaching his young son. I want to learn to be an overcomer. And so, because of that, 
I've got to divorce myself from the distractions of this world. Man, you know, you know there are so many distractions in this world. The, 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 you know, you've heard the, the uh, story about why they, uh, you know, a lion tamer would use a, when, you, remember, you know, the stories about the lion tamer and, he'd, and he would pick up a piece of furniture. What was it? A stool, a chair. Yeah, he'd pick up a chair. He'd pick up something that had four legs on it, and, you know, it's not because he, you know, well, if the lion gets closer, I'll beat him over the head with it. It's because uh, the lion can't, he, he tries to look at all four things at the same time, all the, the legs that are sticking out. You know, the guy holds the part you sit on, and then he puts out the, the four legs toward the lion. And, and it, you, you've seen it, man. It, it does. It, it, it's like has a paralyzing force on the lion because he's trying to look at four things at the same time and he can't do it. And so, so it, it, it just sort of paralyzes him. And so he can't do what he wants to do, which is eat the guy with the chair. And that's a good example of, of that's, what, that's why the devil wants to distract us. He's trying to get us look at, at, at four legs of the, of the chair. Right? And, we're, and, and he knows this, that we can't do it either. And if we, look at, we try to look at more than one thing, huh? we get paralyzed in our spiritual life. We can't be distracted by the world and all the things that are out in the world. Shout at me. Tell me, what are some things that are distractive forces in this world? Television can be for sure. Look at Jim How? Yeah. The, the, man, oh man, you just rung the bell, brother. Hold it up again so I can see it. Look at that. That, that thing right there. Have you walked down the street lately and seen what people? There's nobody looking up. Huh? Nobody's looking up anymore. Everybody's staring at their phone. I think you could, you could not have any clothes on and walk down the street anymore and nobody would even notice because everybody's looking down staring at their phone. Huh? It's a fact, man. All of us. That's a, that's a good one. What else is a distracting force? Huh? Drugs, for sure. Absolutely. Alcohol is a distracting force. Yeah. Yes, sir. Movies, absolutely. Movies can be, absolutely. People can get caught up watching movies all the time. And, you know, some people, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, God bless the Hallmark Channel, but there's people that get trapped in the Hallmark Channel that can't get out. They're like in the Twilight Zone in the Hallmark Channel, man. <laughs> Did I say it like you told me, Ron? Okay. <laughs> Amen. Kathy? Your, your job can be a distracting force. Absolutely. You're, you, know, you know how many people I've, I've watched the devil use their job to take them away from the house of God? And they, you know, we all have to work. We all have to have a job. 
But I have, I, I have done it. I've turned down jobs that would keep me away from the house of God. I just, I, I wouldn't do it. Because no matter if it was a raise or a promotion, right? That, that can happen for us. Anything else, Sarah? Strife is a distractive force. That's why you got to stay out of it, man, because it's, it's easy to get into it. And then you know what you do? You, you start staring at, at that strife and that, that thing. It, it, it messes up your focus, doesn't it? That's good. Timbo? Then uh, not <laughs> keeping up with the Joneses, as, as the saying goes. Yeah, keeping up, you know, just trying to do that. That rat race of comparing yourself against yourself and thinking that you got to do that, right? It's got a lot of people in a lot of trouble trying to do that, hasn't it? Anybody else? Yeah, George? Somebody... Where's a, give me a piece of tape. Bob, he's yelling at us. I can't believe it, man. I know it, man. I was preaching along really good, and George starts yelling at me. I could have gone all night without that. <laughs> but it, And sad to admit, it's totally the truth, man. And Sarah said amen. Yes. Amen. Yes, Brother John. Video games, that's a truth. People are, I, I mean, it's easy to fall in that hole, I guess, if that's your thing, but there's so many people do, don't they, Brother John? Yeah, young people. They're addicted to, to literally to video games, I know. Man, that's, that's a good one. Anything else? Worry. It's a distraction, isn't it? It sure is. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Glenda? Facebook. Oh, man. Wow. Let's just get it out there. That, I, honestly, amen. I think there should have. Ron says amen. I think that, that's either in first place or tied with Jim's, the, the phone itself, man. That is an absolute fact in this culture. You've got to guard yourself against that because there's an addictive nature to that amen and uh so yeah how about how about um how about liking likes too much on facebook <laughs> you know there's people that have a good day based on how many likes they get about something huh i i'd I I I kind of got over that because not that many people liked my stuff, but I get excited because there's I've got some haters out there even on my stuff, man. And I'm like, well, at least somebody's paying attention. Hallelujah, man. I'm not getting many likes, but I am getting some haters on stuff. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Listen, I got to go, man. Somebody else got to finish this, man, because I love Cooper, man. I, George is yelling at me about my ball games. Now, now Rebecca's yelling at me about my dog. You know what? That is absolutely the truth. And I have known people that really did. They, 
they, they loved animals more. They, they just wouldn't work through the, the complexity of people. Amen. I think people would be nicer if we had a dog's life, though. We could just sit and look out the window all the time. We'd be satisfied doing it. Catherine? Reading books, reading stuff, anything that, like that, that, <coughs> that would keep you out of the Word. Yeah. That's the truth. Can, you can get, get caught up in that. All right. Anything else? Politics. I, that was on my mind too. Politics. It is so easy to get in that, and especially right now, it's it is it's like a hole that just keeps going down, down, down. And it's the truth. And even though you know the hard thing about stuff, something like politics, is we need to we need to have an engagement with with politics. But it's it's got that. I think the theme of all this stuff is, it, it, I mean, the phone's not bad, but it, it's the addictive nature of it, it that, that makes it, when we get distracted out of reading our Bible and pulls us into something else other than the power of Christ through the Word of God. Amen. Anything else? Catherine's got another one. Oh, my gosh. I'm just, look here. Why don't you guys just finish me off up here, man? Kids and grandkids. <coughs> That's it. As a fact, and amen, and uh, I'm people like Sarah and Beth and all these others, they're, they're really guilty of that. I know, man. It's, oh, my gosh. It is it is such a good thing, but I've watched that right there. That has, I really mean this. I'm not just making light of it. That has ruined people's souls and polluted their family. Amen? Because, you know, you, I'm going to preach. I got a word this afternoon that I just, I'm working on about have no other gods before me. And that's one of the gods. People can, out of a good thing, you can make a god out of your family. Hmm? Right. That's good. Wow. I'm, I'm totally, I, I'm, I'm real encouraged about this message with everybody yelling at me. Please, if it's going to get worse, just, just keep it to yourself, man. My problem, Brother Bob, is I fit all of them, a bunch of them, don't I? I know it, man. Amen. Anything else? But you see, you know, that's what Paul's trying to do with young Timothy. He's trying to teach him these things. What if people really could, could understand that, that point right there? We've got to divorce ourselves. I, I love the way the passion uses that word. We, I mean, you, you know, it, it's one thing to for a husband and wife to be not speaking to each other. But then when it escalates to where it's a big deal, you, you're going to, you want out of the relationship. That's the way we should be with the distractions of this world. That's what the great apostle is telling us. Divorce himself from the distractions of this world. I like the last part. Why? 
so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. How many know God isn't really, it's the truth. He's a jealous God. He's a jealous God. You know, he doesn't want, he doesn't want you to, to like him. He wants you to love him. He wants you to leave all others and everything else. He wants you to put him first. He wants you to put his word first. He wants you to put his house first. He wants, him to, wants you to put the things of the kingdom first in your life and, and, and primary and only those things for the glory of God. Let's finish with a couple other verses here. Verse 5, Paul said, Timothy, I want you to be an athlete. An athlete who, in other words, an athlete who doesn't play by the rules, that's good, will never receive the trophy, so remain faithful to God. In other words, Paul said, they're not going to give cheaters the trophy even if they win. If they cheated to win, they're not getting the trophy. If we cheat our way through, you know, through life and try to be a Christian by cheating our way through, let's see what we can get away with and God still not be mad at us kind of stuff, right? Amen. And so we thank God. So he, he said, an athlete who doesn't play by the rules will never receive the trophy. Look at this last word. So remain faithful to God and keep the rules and obey what, it, what he said in his word. Amen. Thank God for what Paul wrote Timothy. Thank God that he made champions out of us and he has empowered us tonight for the glory of God. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's stand up. Let's lift our hands toward heaven. <clears throat> Let's thank God tonight before we close in prayer for all that he is in our life. I, let's tell the, the Lord that we want to be good sons, that we want to be good disciples. We want to be good uh, protégés, those that have been taught by a leader and a mentor in our lives. Lord, make me a good son. Help me. Help me, Lord, to to play by the rules. Help me, Lord, to know the power that I have in my life. Help me to know where my help comes from. Help me to remember, Lord, what you made me when you gave me a new heart. And I thank you for it tonight, Lord. And I love you. I thank you that Jesus Christ is the King of glory tonight. And we give you praise and thanksgiving. We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y.com.